The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dynamic Healing, with two experts in chronic pain, David Hanscom and Les Aria. This podcast will show you how to unlock your body's ability to heal. Just breathe and learn how to rewire your brain and break free from chronic pain. Welcome to Dynamic Healing Podcast. I'm Les Aria. And I'm David Hanscom. And today, my good folks, we have an exciting topic that David and I feel very passionate about, and it has to do with the nervous system. So with the latest neuroscience studies coming out year after year, we know that persistent pain and trauma share the same neural pathway, and it's often due to a dysregulated nervous system. Now, today's episode discusses how to rebuild a dysregulated nervous system so you can get back to life and actually start to feel the joy of life. Today's quote, David, I have two. So here's the first one. We've used this before, but it's, it is so fitting to today's topic. What fires together, wires together. Heb. What fires together, wires together. I have another quote, and it's one I start saying and noticing in my clinical practice. So it goes something like this. We cannot heal until we feel safe enough. We cannot heal until we feel safe enough. And this has to do with the nervous system, not so much consciously thinking about, I need to feel to get better. This has to do about feeling, learning to feel safe. David. So Dr. Ari, you skipped a little detail here about the topic today is about adverse childhood experiences called ACEs. That's right. And Dr. Ari has spent the last half hour as my guru, <laughs> try to pull me back off the edge of the cliff because I had an average childhood. It was really intense. I tend to minimize the impact it has had on my life. And what's been really hard for me personally is that the data on average childhood experience is really intense. It changes the structure of your brain and you process the brain different. You process your world differently. So I want to just review the dynamic healing model just for a second. So remember, dynamic healing, you have your stresses or circumstances, you have your nervous system that that is interpreting all this data, and the end result is, of all the data, you're either safe or in threat. So when you're raised in a childhood that's chaotic, Mm -hmm. your brain is hyperactive. It takes less stress to set off this fight-or-flight response. 
And so, Les, you and I have talked about the metaphor of a feral cat. Right. And what happened to me personally, we'll talk about this later in the show, is that I was raised in hyper alert all the time, but it was my norm. I had no idea what the impact it had on my brain. It does impact your brain. And we'll talk about some studies in a second that shows how much of an impact it really does have. But your whole brain, humans are unique, is that compared to most mammals, it takes us, not much gestation, it takes about 15 years of being under the care of parents to program your brain in a way to navigate life. Yeah. We're much more dependent than other mammals on how we get programmed. So whatever your early childhood program is, that's your filter for the rest of your life. Mine wasn't good. Wow. That's David. Um, wow. I feel sad already just hearing that because no child, no person should ever go through it, but they do every single day, even to today. And it's one of the biggest causes that we have realized here. And again, this, this thing called ACE study. Adverse Childhood Experiences came out of Kaiser in Southern California by Dr. Folletti. And David, you have some information about this because it's almost like you're in the study um, and many other uh, people. But um, I'm wondering where, we, let's kind of lay this out a little bit uh, before we hop into the ACE studies. Let's let's talk a little bit about, David, um, do you mind if I ask you this question? So, because it just fits into this topic. Um, you know, what are the signs and symptoms of, you know, being dysregulated? Um, I'll, I'll start this off is one of the things is chronic tension in the body, that constant startle reflex, uh, just feeling overwhelmed. Um, did you notice when, when you were, when you're even doing surgery and, um, and throughout your life, I mean, how did you know, now that you know what you know, how did you know that you were dysregulated in that sense? Well, first of all, I had 17 different physical and mental symptoms. Wow. And I just thought it was just part of life. I just, my head, my thing was bring it on, bring it on. I was really tough. And so my symptoms included burning sensations in my feet, itching, itching scalp. I would lay at night with my heart racing and, and pounding. Wow. I felt short of breath. I would have panic attacks. What yeah. a panic attack is, is that your heart races, you start sweating, you feel like you're going to pass out and you think you're going to die. It's a really horrible experience. It is. Um, I had back pain, neck pain. I had major anxiety, depression. I developed a full-blown obsessive compulsive disorders. My ears were ringing. Mm. My, my, I had migraine headaches since I was five years old. And what we know now, based on the last two years of neuroscience research that we discovered, in other words, the research has been there for many, many years, mm -hmm. but we're just sort of hopping into this the last few years, is that all this is a result of an elevated hypersensitive nervous system. It takes less stress to set off this fight or flight response. So when you're in fight or flight, this is not psychological stuff. When you feel short of breath or your, the skin rashes pop up on your hands or your feet are burning, that's your body's chemistry. It's your physiology causing each organ system to respond in its own unique way. So all my 17 symptoms are gone. And you say, well, this is crazy. I mean, how can you have 17 different symptoms? Mm -hmm. Remember, you have a common chemical bath of fight or flight. You're full of adrenaline cortisol, inflammation, metabolism's elevated, your neurotransmitters become excitatory. So your whole body's on hyper alert. And we've, we've used the metaphor of a feral cat and you've had a feral cat, right, Dr. Yes, Arya? correct. <laughs> and I, I don't know how many people have been exposed to a feral cat. I have not been, but they're pretty hard to get to relax. Yeah. 
Absolutely, David. <laughs> Relax. How about uh, getting clawed? David's talking about, I, I used to have a cat. Um, I called him Tom Thumb because he had extra thumbs. Um, and so uh, Thomas was really, um, everyone used to say, oh, he's a naughty cat. He doesn't want to listen. He's meaning that, you know, he just was constantly reactive. He would, you know, hiss at practically everything and everyone. And he did to me until I started to use a different tone of voice. Now, he would not let you touch him. He wouldn't let you do anything with him. He wouldn't play. He was always skittish. I was hiding in the corner. And, um, you know, he wouldn't go into his um, little bed. He'd like to hide inside the, um, the dish closets, which was driving me up the wall. And, um, and my point here was this is this cat is much like us. And who's been through, when, she, when children go through traumatic events, when they go through traumatic events and throughout their life and when they become adults, they kind of end up like, <clears throat> like David, where the nervous system is so dysregulated. And Thomas, in that sense, had that dysregulated, that feral cat. However, here's the good news, David, in the audience. Thomas easily rolls over on, on command. He can even turn around and roll over. Believe it or not, I taught him that. But what, what I had to do was I had to retune him. How? So whenever he felt scared, I actually I kept on saying, it's okay. It's okay. I kept on using that tone of voice. Now, he doesn't understand English, of course. But the point was the tone of voice was calm. And then he allowed me to touch his belly. And it's been easy since then. So this is the part where I said, you need to feel safe enough to heal. But when you've been through a lot in life, in childhood, and currently you're feeling a lot of overwhelm and pressure. Now, many of my patients say trauma and chronic pain already are stressful. Yes, but what we're trying to show you today is this dysregulation has been going on for a long time. And in some sense, you've been set up, David, just like many other individuals. I'd like to go back to the A scores just for a second. So it's a very elegant study in that it's so simple. So they didn't go into a lot of questionnaires. You just had a score of things in childhood that were that were untoward. So it's things like a mother, father in prison, parent on drug abuse, physical, social, emotional neglect, or abuse, um, stuff like that. They just put a score. So they have an eight-point scale and a 10-point scale. So on the eight-point scale, if your score was three or more, you had double chance of heart disease, suicide, anxiety, hypertension, obesity. It's unbelievable. And on the scale of 10, my score was five. And same thing, it's double the chance. So what's disturbing to me is only 30% of people had an A score of zero. 36% had an A score of three or more. That's great. And it gets passed on to different generations because what happens is that the instance of physical domestic abuse is 28% amongst men and 32% amongst women. So in our families, domestic abuse is rampant. It gets passed on from generation to generation. It's a programming issue. So I'd just like to mention a couple of studies that I came across here the last few weeks that shows that if you had an adverse childhood experience, mm -hmm. then you had a much higher chance of autoimmune disorders. In fact, in this one study, if your age score was two or more, you had a 70% higher chance of an autoimmune disorder in your lifetime, 70%. Then another study shows that if you had adverse childhood experiences, that your chance of having inflammation, in other words, your inflammatory markers being elevated, were higher 20 years later. 
So again, this is not psychological. This is physiological. In other words, you're programmed to process the world in a certain way. And if you're always on high alert, things that aren't really dangerous seem dangerous. And remember, your brain doesn't understand real danger versus perceived danger. It's the right. same response, right? Mm. So then also out of Scandinavia, they had a major study showing that if you're under chronic stress, i.e., again, if you're hyperactive, you had a 40% chance higher of an autoimmune disorder. So part of the threat response is inflammation. When those cells attack your own body, that's called an autoimmune disorder. So this is all about the body's physiology and your response to stress. You have a nervous system that's not been raised in a nurturing environment. It is hyperactive. It changes the actual structure of your brain. Yeah, it really does. So, so we're taking a step back here is when a lot of bad stuff happens and there is no reprieve or restoration, it's like the nervous system gets stuck in a dysregulated, in service, by the way. This, your nervous system is not being bad. Your brain's not being bad. Your nervous system is stuck, trying to keep you small and safe. And so it's interesting how the nervous system does this. So it sounds like whenever a lot of nasty stuff that happens, bad stuff, overwhelming stuff, relentless stress, needing to you know, be perfect, trying to work hard, you know, very often, like you said, you know, you, you didn't know any different. So we suppress and sometimes repress is when you unconsciously just, and David, I think a lot of that happens with many of my patients like you, they don't seem to realize they're stuffing their emotions and that's called repression. Uh, and that's a psychological term, but the nervous system sometimes will step in and basically help you not feel. Um, and you just kind of keep on doing because you're in that stuck mode. Um, oh, let me ask you a question. So yeah. I feel that a high percent of professionals, and I'm, and I'm talking about medical professionals, both physicians and non-physicians, uh -huh. um, have unhappy childhoods. And there's an effort to escape it. And I can tell you, 100% of my efforts until age, I don't know, maybe 40, were an effort to outrun my past. Never good yeah. enough, never good enough. And I'm quote successful on paper, but I was suicidal. I had 17 different symptoms. I had a great practice, great reputation, everything on paper that was perfect, but I was miserable. So is that success? I've got 20 colleagues there from suicide. Is that success? When I talk to physicians now in my groups, they're tortured with obsessive thought patterns. They're anxious, they're depressed, they're burned out. Is that success? So the energy, I think a lot of energy come from being high achievers is trying to outrun this unhappy childhood. Yeah. And, and since you're processing your current environment through the same filter that the brain was created, you keep reinforcing the same issues. So I want to go back to the ACT protocol that we've talked about, which is CATS, check and choose. And so I went through a situation where I was told that my brain was sort of a problem. And what I didn't realize that I, first of all, didn't know it was a problem. In other words, this is my reality. I still can't quite comprehend the impact of that childhood on my life today. Mm -hmm. The other thing is it was bad abuse. I, I really didn't comprehend comprehend how bad it was other than people initially telling me that, yeah, this is a bad situation. But the thing is, what's exciting for me is that you can reconstruct your brain. And we have this doctor, Dr. Navio, who 
Les, you can talk about a little bit about, you can flat out reconstruct your nervous system. So yeah. there is hope. I didn't know there was hope. And so I have two energies. One of them, I'm going, geez, that really was bad damage. But I've reconstructed a lot of my brain. And now I'm actually on more of a definitive path to keep that reconstruction process going. But you can't rebuild a burned down house with burned down timbers. You got to rebuild the house. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it sounds like what you're really doing is, David, you're telling us this. And the audience is hearing us say this, that despite what has occurred to any one of us, and again, doesn't have to be childhood, adulthood, chronic stress. And many of my um, providers uh, that I work with and also my patients are physicians and allied health professionals and just plain old good people in general. They often feel the same way and they don't seem to realize that they've been living a life that's really been on stress mode, survival mode. And that's seen as perfection. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So that's what I'd like to just summarize this part of it because I really want to jump into the solution. So here's a message for me today. <clears throat> I mean, I think that we're trying to get out today is that I went, to, I went through talk therapy for 13 years and made things worse. And so, and this is where I've learned a lot from you is that with this feral cat, you can talk, you can talk to this cat all you want, but you have to train the cat to feel safe. That's a learned skill. And my brain didn't know that, and it still has a ways to go. I will admit that. But it's a, it's a training process. Just understanding the problem doesn't actually solve the problem. So I'm curious, how, do you have lots of methodologies that I'm learning about that actually allow your brain to be reconstructed? And you reconstruct it, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, you reconstruct it by teaching people approaches to allow themselves to feel safe. That's absolutely right. And that's, and that's why I used the term in the beginning of this podcast is that for you to heal, you need to feel safe enough. Your nervous system is stuck in overdrive. 
and it's what we call dysregulated. And we now know the evidence from Nabio's work and many others is that at, even at the cellular level, the difference between physical and emotional healing are the same. And David, you, like many others um, who are physicians, and again, not just physicians, but anyone and everyone, when we are on this drive, which is chronically just doing and not having enough time to rest and recover. So what happens is this, is we get stuck in this mode, the body starts to eventually break down. And very often people want a quick solution, which is like trying to stop in a, a big rig going at 100 miles per hour and trying to make a turn. We know what happens. And very often when people try to do the quick fixes, sometimes with surgery that, that has no evidence for it. And again, I'm not saying surgery does not work because David's a surgeon. David knows what I'm talking about, that sometimes you know, things done to us are unnecessary. <clears throat> sometimes people over-medicate themselves, I'm not saying that medication is not helpful. Just saying is really take a look and see is what role, what choices can you do to rebuild this nervous system, to retune it? So one of the things that I do, David, is, um, and I'm going to speak slowly so folks can actually hear this. One of the first steps I do is use something called the safe and sound protocol. The safe and sound protocol, known as SSP, is the work of David, uh, David, it's the work of Stephen Porges. And it's basically stimulating the vagus nerve. It's a sound listening program where you listen to music and inside the music, it's been filtered. The frequencies have changed and those frequencies send cues of safety to the nervous system, which thereby stimulates the vagus nerve. And for those of you not familiar with the vagus nerve, it's the longest nerve in the body. It's the 10th cranial nerve and it's, um, it's called the wandering nerve. That's what vagus from Latin to English means. And so when you're listening to this intervention called the safe and sound protocol, it actually retunes your nervous system. And I've been seeing this in several of my patients over the past two years, because I've been using it with my patients. Someone with severe trauma, someone with severe chronic pain or the combinations of those two, no matter what happened to them in their childhood, the nervous system is so dysregulated, the symptoms show up as severe depression, trauma, PTSD, you know, multiple symptoms like David talked about, bodily symptoms. Now, when they listen to this, the way I do it, there's a variety of protocols. There's a five-day protocol, 10-day protocol. Long story short is that you listen to it every single day for about 10 days. That's one. That's the protocol I use. And what happens over a period of several days, your nervous system gets retuned. Remember my feral cat, Thomas, <laughs> when I actually used the, some soft, gentle words and then gentle touch. And then finally, it just took a couple of weeks, by the way, for him to flip over and just be safe. So this is the new science. The science of feeling safe enough to heal is using one of these interventions called the SSP, Safe and Sound Protocol. For those of you interested in it, and I'll talk about some other, uh, David, get your feedback on that. And I'll talk about a couple of the interventions that are more practical. If people are interested in this Safe and Sound Protocol, you know, Google it, uh, Safe and Sound Protocol, and there are probably providers around you in your city or neighboring um, city to be able to help you with that. So just Google Safe and Sound Protocol provider list, and you should be able to get someone like that. Well, I also want to look in terms of, I, do, I view the Safe and Sound Protocol as the starting point. Yes. In other words, it's it took a lifetime of repetition to have this feral cat be the feral cat. 
Yes. For me, it's going to take the rest of my lifetime of every day just continually reprogramming about what is safe versus isn't safe. Yeah. So we've talked about the dynamic healing. You learn to process stress differently, like mindfulness work, forgiveness, all those things change the input, not complaining, et cetera. So the bottom line is you want you don't want your body to be in fight or flight. So yesterday we talked about breath work, which again stimulates the vagus nerve. So yep. just to be clear, the vagus nerve is the tenth cranial nerve, but it's anti-inflammatory. It is the right. opposite of the sympathetic nervous system, which activates the body. The parasympathetic nervous system calms down the body. And so I'll, I'll just give you some work that I've done. For instance, we've used expressive writing, somehow drops inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, it's things like acupuncture, massage, medical hypnosis, light touch chiropractor, which is a surgeon I thought was just craziness, actually makes a lot of physiological sense. Um, unless I just want to, um, you know, I'm a fan of psychologist, but talk therapy by itself doesn't work. You have to actually you use tools in your office with your monitors and stuff. You do biofeedback right there in the office. So I'm really curious about that because I think that's a huge deal. And I hear you talk about the safe sound protocol. Great. It's a wonderful starting point. But you also do some interventions in the office that I think are really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely, David. And in the audience, what David's talking about is that I, I do use the safe and sound protocol as a starting point because it's hard to work with um, with someone when the nervous system is really fired up. And there are different ways, um, you know, a really good talk. I think, David, one of the things you mentioned, talk therapy basically means that someone is just talking to you. You have more, lots of insight. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not good. However, it's not good enough, not able to shift the nervous system. So different skills like somatic experiencing therapy, you know, really works very well. And other trauma-based interventions work really well, both for chronic pain and trauma. So here are some basic things that I do. The biofeedback part is great because the in pre-COVID, when I saw patients in my office, it was really important to be able to show them that as we're talking about a topic, the heart rate is increasing, they're sweating, the muscles are tensing up. As you said, David, you, you didn't realize this. Very often, those who've had an altered nervous system because of lots of trauma in their life, and even ones that you thought, thought I didn't have a great childhood, but you have perfection. You have forms of OCD in that sense. You have not feeling lovable. Those are forms of your nervous system. It was dysregulated. So you basically became who you became as um, a process of surviving in the dynamics of your family. So besides the SSP, besides biofeedback, to be able to have you take a look at it. If you have an Apple Watch, by the way, take a look at it. Every time you get stuck in a thought or you're struggling with emotional, physical sensation, get some feedback. That's what biofeedback is, giving biological feedback in real time. Take a look at your watch and your heart rate. And then here's what I do in my office if people don't have any fancy equipment, that's okay. If you have a watch that or something that monitors your heart rate, intentionally slow your breathing down and then watch your heart rate drop. This is what we're trying to show everyone is this for your nervous system to become restored and re-regulated is every time you notice a shift in your mood, tension in your body and or your breath changes, your breath rate changes, you're holding your breath, you're breathing fast. Every time you have a body, you notice your mood shift, tension shift in your body that shows up, or your breath rate, those are cues that your nervous system is going into a fight or flight, meaning like a survival mode. So in my office, David, one of the things I do to help people retrain the nervous system, become regulated, is just pay attention to 
something that shifted in you. And if you have a watch, take a look at your heart rate. Those are great things. Now, those are all technical stuff. Let's get simpler. One way to re-regulate your nervous system out of that stuck mode of survival is basically to use breath work, as David said, intentionally every morning. Now, I learned this from my mentor, Dr. Richard Gewurz. So uh, Dr. Gewurz, every morning, he looks the same in grad school as he is now, um, same old white beard. But once, what's really cool about him, he has breath work every morning. So he, this man has not changed. Every morning he wakes up and for 10 minutes, he focuses on his breath. And so what does that do? It synchronizes your, your heart to your brain and to the rest of the internal stuff that's going on inside of you. It creates what we call coherence. So when you slow breathe, for example, whether it's five breaths in and five breaths out, meaning that five counts in, in two, three, four, five, and then out four, one, two, three, four, five. When you can breathe slowly and easily for about 10 minutes. Now, if that's too much, start with three minutes and work your way up. Just focus on your breath. So I was actually going to ask you that question because you keep using the term coherence breathing. So just to get, because I do want to do this myself because I think it's a great idea. So when you say to coherence breathing, you mean just slow breathing for 10 minutes? Is that what you mean? Yes and no. To get technical is basically coherent breathing or also called as resonance breathing is basically what we found out in, bio, in, in biofeedback, this, David, that your nervous system likes certain kinds of breaths. For example, for I like, my nervous system loves four breaths in, in, two, three, four, and then I count down eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So my nervous system likes a slow count of four in and double on the out breath. So I like an eight count. So basically, nice, slow, gentle breath. So each nervous system is unique in the sense that your nervous system likes certain kinds of breathing. You may be like, maybe, you know, count in for five and then count out for five, certain things like that. So that's the technical part. But if you don't want to get caught up in like, okay, what is my nervous system like? Just sit there look out the window, connect with something, or even close your eyes, one hand in your chest, one hand in your belly. David, could you just go and do it with me right now? So I can just kind of demonstrate it. Just place one hand in your chest, audience, and one hand in your belly. Drop your elbows, drop your shoulders. And just notice your hands resting on your chest and one on your belly. Now, David, just do this without much effort. Ease over effort, David. Just take a gentle breath like you're smelling a beautiful rose. And then as you breathe out, just feel that sinking, melting, letting go, releasing breath. Just do that two more times. Just connect with that in-breath, gentle. And then feel that sinking, melting, letting go, releasing breath. And just one more time for good old college try. Just connect with that in-breath. Is ease over effort, by the way, a new lessism? <laughs> <laughs> it's been used many times <laughs> so okay got it so so breath work like that so one of the things i do david before i get out of bed and i tell my patients this they think it's funny but i'm being serious is before i get out of bed david i have one hand in my chest one hand in my belly my eyes are open my tummy is tight my muscles are tight my calves are tight because i have a busy day my day is very busy as you know a busy practice and so my body is already in fight or flight so what I do is I have choice. 
So what do I do is I catch that actually my mind is spinning. So when my mind spins, I know because my nervous system is fired up and wired up. It's just what it is. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to roll with it. And then I actually notice that. So catch, check. And I actually check to see how much I'm resisting what's showing up. I'm actually mad and irritated sometimes. I'm like, doggone it. Why is it? Why is my stomach tight? Whatever's going on. So that's when I basically, so you catch what's going on in your body, what's going on in your mind, how you're feeling, check. And often I'm resisting. That's the truth. So I check to see if, am I really resisting? And I check to see how much and what is showing up. For example, the intensity inside of me. I'm just kind of observing it and noticing it that, ah, so this is what fear feels like in my body. And then I choose, what do I choose? I choose breath work. Why? Because it's the simplest. Why? Because it's the most effective. One hand in my chest, one hand in my belly. I do about anywhere between 10 to 25 breaths before I put my feet on the ground. Then I sit at the edge of my bed and I feel my whole body sitting there. I wear a gentle, soft smile. And then I do a little bit of a meditation, just watching my breath come and go. Just maybe one minute, two minutes. Then as I get up and walk, so this is all nervous system regulation techniques. It is basically about bringing you here in the present moment and moving through life, even though you might have some difficult thoughts, emotions, and sensations in your body, you want to be able to realize that I can get into the middle of that tornado. So that, those are some simple techniques. And then I meditate for about anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes. And I, then I do lots of um, breath work and meditation throughout the day. One minute, 30 seconds, five minutes. And I do that. It's a lifestyle, David. So anything to calm that nervous system down. Now, one of the things that my patients have been telling me, it's been very effective. Uh, and David, I think you know this. It's putting, let's just say you get down with this podcast and maybe you heard something here that just kind of bugged you. And, um, or maybe you had a memory. If you find yourself activated and breathing or meditating just makes everything worse, check this out. Let's use the vagus nerve knowledge. Take ice and put it on your face. So you can get a, you can get a bowl of water and put in some ice in there and dunk your face in there for a couple of seconds. And, you, and then you'll feel that, that cold water in your face. Bring, bring yourself back up and then slow your breathing down. Do it about three to five times. I can assure you that will reset your nervous system from a state of fight or flight into a state of safety and connection. Again, just to be clear, this is not a game. So when you do that, you're actually stimulating the fifth cranial nerve, which is connected to the vagus nerve. So again, this, so we have a lot to talk about going forward. I mean, one thing that is really very um, threatening our obsessive thought patterns, which is an, an entirely different but important topic that we'll be definitely diving into. But remember, thoughts and repressed thoughts are a threat. Emotions are what you feel. What you're feeling is your body's chemistry. You're feeling the physiology. So when you're in fight or flight, you're on hyper alert, you feel agitated and anxious. And so you can do things to sort of calm things down. So just to review yeah, so uh, David, before we do the review, could I just mention this as just real quickly? Um, do I have a choice? 
<laughs> Ouch. You're, you're waving at me like crazy. So, okay. Uh, sorry, missing. There's a, no, what I wanted to, sorry, it just popped in my head. I apologize, audience and David. No, you it don't. just popped in my head. <laughs> so, truly, truly. Um, exercise really, um, really helps re regulate the nervous system. Gentle moving movement. Yesterday, I just want to let you know, David, you might think this is funny, but I was doing some chores around the household. And I was dredging, I just didn't want to do them. So, I put on my headphones and listened to some cool music. And my body was moving. And so listening to music that you love, that gets you just kind of feeling good, um, put on your headphones, move around, just let your body move. Exercising is good. And also, I just want you to know is I hang out with good people like David. I love hanging out with David because I get to tease him a lot. And he takes it well, too. So Yeah, I'm getting, yeah. I'm, I'm, so Dr. Ari is training me to be resilient and safe. Anyway, <laughs> so hanging out with good friends, movement, these are some other things. And no, that's not a, a short list, but the list goes on and on. The most important thing here is this, is you have choice in how you show up to what showed up. So repetition's key, like training any learned skill, you're going to train your brain to be safe. And again, the psyche or the thoughts are one thing, your physiology is another, and you don't have a lot of say about your thoughts. You can't really control those or escape those, but you have a lot of say about your body's physiology. So for me, it's been a, quite a journey. It continues forward. We're excited to be able to share it with you. So again, the ACT program, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, is catch. You, you become aware of what's going on. Then you check how it's affecting you. And then you choose a different choice. So today we're still talking about the choose that you have a nervous system that's hyperactive and you're making choices to repetitively calm it down. So beautiful. Dr. Arya, thank you very much. Thank you, David. And that was a beautiful summary. David and Les would love to hear from you about today's podcast and any ideas for future topics. You can email them at david-les at dynamichealingpodcast.com. That's david-les at dynamichealingpodcast.com. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.